Today we're continuing the teaching series on living successfully. And we're going to talk in particular about uh, blind spots. Because one of the keys to living successfully is knowing your blind spots and then uh, dealing with them. How many of you have ever been driving, maybe on the interstate or a four-lane highway, and you decided to pull over to the other lane and pass someone, and suddenly as you were pulling over to the left, (laughs) you noticed a car you had not noticed before? Anybody ever done that? Am I the only one that's ever done that? Okay. We know that as our what when you're driving. That's your blind spot. So we put those little mirrors on the bigger mirror to help us see the blind spot. On my truck, I've got a really big one on the big mirror so I can see the blind spots. Well, no, they exist when we drive. You can have them not only uh, you know, as you're looking through the mirror in your car, but in the road there's a curve, there's an obstruction, there's a blind spot. You can't see what's around that turn, what's on the other side of that bush or that building. And there are blind spots when you're driving that you have to pay you know, really careful uh, attention to. But what a lot of us don't realize is that your, your eye, the human eye, physically has a blind spot in it. I want to illustrate that now. I hope you got a bulletin when you came in. How many of you picked up a bulletin this morning on your way in? All right, great. Uh, For the rest of you, this is a reminder as to why you need to every week. You just never know what's going to be in there. On your sermon outline, pull it out right now. We're going to have a little fun, okay? So take your bulletin and pull out the sermon outline and go ahead and tear the Connect card off. Tear the Connect card off at the bottom so it's just the bulletin, the, the sermon outline part. And on the back of the sermon outline, do you see... You see the cross or the plus sign and the zero? You see that? All right, I want you to hold it where that is facing you. Okay, go ahead and do that. Hold it out in front of you right now. Okay, so that the cross or the plus sign is in front of your left eye. Okay, now I want you to close your left eye and keep it closed. Focus on the plus sign with your open eye. Just the plus sign and very slowly Pull it to you. Very slowly pull the paper toward you, and there will reach a point where the circle, the zero, will disappear. How many of you already had that happen? All right. The others, keep doing it till the circle. Focus just on the plus and slowly pull it to you, and the circle, the zero, will disappear. Slowly, and it will disappear. The hard part is you're tempted to look at the circle. <laughs> So keep your eye on the cross. All right, how many of you were able to do that? All right, about half of you. The rest of you, keep doing it. You'll catch up with us. But isn't that interesting that there is physically a blind spot in the human eye? So it's not just in the, you know, when you're driving or around the curve. Your actual human eye has a blind spot to it. Now, here's, here's the thing about life. There are blind spots, you know, when it comes to the physical realities of life. But we have blind spots in how we live, how we behave and conduct ourselves. Blind spots in our attitude, in our thinking. And they have an impact on our lives, on the quality of our lives and relationships and how successful we are, sometimes it's it's those blind spots that cause us to make a wreck of life. And so today I want us to talk about about those because there there are habits. How many many 
of you have ever known someone that had a habit? I mean, I mean maybe you considered them a friend or a co-worker, relative, but they had this trait, this habit. It just irritated you all the time. It just annoyed you. Anybody know anybody like that? There's just something about them that just works on you. Anybody? Huh? Well, I have habits like that, and so do you, that irritate other people. We all have those, those blind spots. Um, personality traits <laughs> that make it a challenge to stay in a relationship. When I was in high school, my sister started dating Keith. He's, he, they've been married now, uh, I don't know, a little over 40 years. Okay? And so we were, we were all in high school, and she was dating Keith. And, and about the second time I met him, he, he, he came down to the house, and I was, I, was, I was washing my car. So he decided to help me, and we washed it, finished it, etc. About a week later, my sister said, you know, Keith, Keith told me that uh, <laughs> he, he helped you wash your car, wash your car, but you, you were criticizing him the whole time. I was clueless. See, here, now here's the thing, okay? When it comes to, you know, washing a car, dishes, things like that, I'm, I want it to be very methodical, okay? So you use geometry. You go, you know, you, you don't miss a spot. Now, my wife, shh, okay, opposites. Well, Keith is shh. So I realized when she said that, that what I had been doing, Keith, you missed that spot. You missed that spot. You, you got to go this way. You got to do it this way. You got to do this because if you don't, you're going to leave that dirty spot on the hood, and I can't have that. Well, I, I, I share that with you because that was a moment when I realized that one of the blind spots in my life was my personality trait of wanting things to be done this way caused me to be overly critical in correcting those who like to do it, do it this way. Now, I'm aware of it, so it's no longer a blind spot, but it's still a weakness I have to manage because it's my personality tendency. And so I, I, it's a lifelong thing of working on that, but at least consciousness allows me to do that. Now, imagine in marriage or in a work situation, you, you have these traits and these habits, and, and you're not aware of them, these blind spots, and you don't want to be aware of them. Can you imagine what that does to relationships and to effectiveness over time? So blind spots are a real deal because they irritate people. There's a little uh, graph I put in your uh, outline, and I've got it on the on the screen here too. It's called the Johari, jo Johari window because two men, one named Joseph and the other named Harry, created it, so it's the Johari window, the open self, that's stuff that you know about yourself and other people know about you as well, okay? I mean, you ever say, well, that's just Joe? And Joe knows that about Joe. All right, that's the open. The blind self is information others know about you, but you don't know about yourself. The hidden self, stuff that you know, it's inside, but others don't know. Today, we're going to focus on that quadrant two, the blind self, that stuff that people know about you. Because, see, there are people who know us, and they know our traits and our habits, and your, your, your family, your friends. Uh, they know stuff about you that you just don't know about yourself or you are unwilling to admit about yourself. Habits, traits, attitudes, approaches that, that can be irritable to other people. Blind spots. Josh was a, a newlywed. So he's, he hadn't been married long, um, and his, one of his college buddies came to town to visit him. 
And so they spent the weekend together acting like they were still in college, so to speak. So they were all together at Josh's house. His wife was there, and they weren't Christians. They were drinking beer and playing video games. Can't you just see these, these, you know, these 22-year-old guys, one of them is a needlehead playing video games and drinking Budweiser or something, okay? They're just, that's what they're doing. And his friend is catching Josh up on everything that's going on back at college, the town they, they were from and some of their old buddies and, and so on. And suddenly his friend just stopped talking and he looked at Josh in mid-sentence and said, you know, Josh, I hate it when you do that. Caught Josh off guard. And, and he he responded, hey, what exactly? What did I do? This friend said, you do it all the time. He said, I, I can tell that you've checked out on the conversation. And now you're thinking about what you're going to say next or, or do next. And Josh was dis- defensive. And he says, no, I don't do that. And his friend said, yes, you do. And, and that's what you were doing right then because you get this glazed over look in your eye. He said, it happens all the time. Josh turned to his new wife sitting over there. She, she uh, nodded, yep, he's right. You do it all the time. Now Josh got a little bit angry. He said, if I do it all the time, why is this the first time anybody's ever said anything to me about it? And his friend said, because anytime anybody criticizes you, you get all defensive. Remember, he wasn't a Christian, so he said, Josh, you're kind of an a-hole, man. Except he didn't say a Josh looked at his wife again, wanting some support, and she nodded, true story. You really are a jerk when you get criticized. Now that moment for Josh became a turning point in his relationships and in his life. So it's not easy to hear from someone that you have a blind spot. Truth is, it's not easy for most people to tell us. We have a blind spot. Now, the people who are always going around telling everybody about their blind spots... Their blind spot is they're a jerk, right? But most people, most people struggle to, to help others come to grips with those issues in life. And discussing them can be unpleasant, it's not fun, it can be uncomfortable, it can even be painful. But we all have them. And the truth is, it's a lifelong learning process to grow and to deal with them and to to change and to overcome and to manage them. Um, And not doing that, not dealing with blind spots is dangerous because it impacts your relationships. It can impact your career. It can impact your health, your your, your financial life. I mean, have, have you known people who kept making the same bad decision after one just over and over and over there's a reason for that and some people don't want to wake up to reality people who go from one relationship to another relationship to another relationship because they have these blind spots that are damaging their relationships and they don't want to deal with them they don't want to own them face them fix them we all We all have those, and the Bible makes clear what our challenge is in Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 12, if you want to look at that in your Bible, here's a question the Bible asks. Who can discern their own errors? See, the Bible elsewhere says the heart, Jesus said this, the heart is deceitfully wicked. 
One of the hardest things in life is to be honest about self. To be honest about our weakness, to be honest about our blind spots, to be honest about those, those things within us that, that God is wanting to refine. It's hard to see them on our own. You know, the, the, the truth is we see blind spots in other people easier than we see them in ourselves. And there's a reason for that. When we look at other people, do you know what we focus on? Almost all of our attention when we look at other people is on the outside. When we look at ourselves, we see both the inside and the outside. The other person, the outside, their behavior, what they did, what they do. When we look at ourselves, we see the outside, our behavior, what we do, but we also see the inside, our motives, our motivations, our emotions, our feelings, what was driving us. And those mitigate our understanding of the behavior and sometimes cause us to justify. For instance, how many of you ever been driving a car, okay? You're out on the highway, it's a multi-lane highway, and here's this guy cutting in, cutting out, cutting in, cutting out, you know, going too fast, cutting people off, maybe cut you. You ever seen anybody drive like that? And how many of you have ever lost your Christian character in those moments and said something you shouldn't have said? Uh, that jerk, right? Right? Can we be honest? Is that, huh? But then there are those rare occasions, that, I know it's not often, but those rare occasions when you are the one driving like that. And when it happens, you say to yourself, but I, I'm really late for this important meeting. Oh, I didn't see that. I got distracted. See, we have all this inside stuff, and, and, and we look at ourselves, and whatever it is in life, we talk to ourselves like that, not just in driving, but in other behavior and other attitude areas of life, and we self-talk and self-justify. But when we look at others, we just see the outer. We just see the behavior, and it leads us to quick judgment and quick criticism. So easy to see others' blind spots and not our own isn't it? Warren Buffett, he said, I like this quote, he said, what the human being is best at doing is, it in, is interpreting all new information so that their prior conclusions remain intact. <laughs> there's a lot of truth in that, isn't there? Because it's hard to take a fresh look at self. But um, blind spots, they hurt our relationships. They hurt other people. But do you know there are, there are blind spots that, that hurt you perhaps more than anyone else? I, I, just give you an example outside of relationships and, and, and work situations. Let's just talk about money, for, for instance. I'm convinced that money is, is, uh, is, is an area where people have, a lot of people have a blind spot. I'm going to ask Michael to come on up, Michael Baker. Michael, if you could grab that uh, microphone on that stand, please. Um, because we just know from research that financial management, money planning, et cetera, is a blind spot for a lot of people. Now, Michael works in this area for a living. Um, have you, <laughs> it's on. Uh, hold it up close, guys. Um, 
Have you have you seen any people who had a blind spot when it came to money and financial management? All the time. All Can the you time. Tell us about that a little bit. Well, it comes in many different shapes and sizes. You know, no situation is you you know the same for for any one group. But uh, a lot of times, uh, one of the things that we'll see is uh, folks that don't know enough to know that they actually have a blind spot. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you mentioned uh, as I was listening is, is habits. And we don't realize it, but we form our financial habits very early uh, from our parents on through our own life experiences. And our life experiences tend to shape how we make financial decisions down the road. So when someone does have yeah. new information, we have this cognitive dissonance that happens where we don't interpret that according to our habits, so it must not be for me. What, what, do, you, what do you attribute, to, uh, what do you ca- think causes so many people to not want to learn about their financial blind spot? In my experience, um, I would say that uh, my belief has come down to, I think that our culture kind of instills upon us that our net worth is equal to our self-worth. And uh-huh. so we feel like if we don't have as much money as we think we should at, at this stage in life, or we, you know, we hear like, well, I don't have anything. I hear that a lot. I don't have anything, so yeah. I can't come talk to you. And it's like, that's not what financial planning is about. You know, we have to start wherever you are and start working on the good habits and making sure that if there is a blind spot, we can discover it so that it doesn't blow up on us. So are you, are you, if I'm hearing you accurate, you're saying people have a sense of embarrassment that causes them to just live in blindness. I think so. Or, or, that, or that they, you know, they, uh, I can't afford it. And, I mean, I've been in this industry for 10 years. Um, I've got great relationships with financial professionals all over Charlotte. I don't know any group that doesn't offer a free consultation. Yeah. I don't know one. So it's, you know, there's multiple opportunities to go and have a consultation with somebody some, you know, some of those can be very enlightening. We do the classes here, and right. there's other opportunities to do, like Financial Peace University, and there's a lot of what I would call low-hanging fruit for someone who's actively trying to, you know, learn in that area. Just as it's uh, painful to own something in a relationship or a habit that's hurting relationships or a habit that's hurting your career, can be a pain painful to own a habit that's hurting you financially. But you have to, you have to face it and you have to very, deal with very it. Very much so. And uh, that's why we offer these classes. Real quickly as we wrap up, say something about the class that's next Sunday. Well, the class next Sunday, what we're going to talk about, if, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, there's a new tax code. Um, so we're going to discuss uh, some of the new the new tax rules uh, very simply. Um, promise no one's going to get a tax worksheet and have to do some homework in class. But we'll talk about that a little bit, how you may or may not be impacted. Um, some of the, the older folks in the room that have required minimum distributions uh, there's some really neat things that you can do now in the tax code that, that may lessen that burden, make your Social Security less taxable. Um, and we'll talk about something called Bitcoin. Anybody ever hear about Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, Don't know what it is, but I've heard about it, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it so you at least can be aware. And uh, part of, like you said, part of it's learning and just understanding okay. new information because uh, like anything like that that's new that you hear about, uh, there's there's uh, some dangers to be aware of, and so we'll cover that as well. All right. Well, thank you, but appreciate it. And uh, thank Mike and Jay Reinhardt also. They do lead a lot of our workshops. Would you thank them for that? Now, look, you're, you're in the book of Psalms. Start up with Psalm 139. 
Psalm 139, and I want you to see something. Because if you and I are going to deal with the blind spots in our life, whether it's in financial areas, things like that, or if it's in behavioral issues that, that, that affect relationships and your career and your advancement and the health of your life, we need help. We need help in discovering our blind spots. And I want to show you two sources of help to help us discover our blind spots. Psalm 139, verses 23 and and uh, 24. The Bible says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. I like the New American Standard translation of that phrase, any hurtful, harmful way. Show it to me and lead me in the, the everlasting way. Show me, God, those things that are hurting life. Those things that are hurting me, those things about me that are hurting others, show me. Sometimes we, we need outside help to see our blind spots. And have you ever been in a, a worship service or a Bible study or having your quiet time or reading some book or some experience and suddenly it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to you and he's trying to say something to you. He's trying to show you something. You ever had a moment like that? See, God... God sees us better than we see ourselves. What is it Hebrews, the book of Hebrews says about the scripture, about the word of God, that is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword cutting asunder, that it gets in there and it divides between the joints and the marrow, the thoughts and intents of the heart, the mind. See, God has a way of taking his truth, his word, and by the Holy Spirit just, just reaching deep inside of us and saying, hey, look at this. And living successfully means we want God to talk to us like that. So it's not always about having a great experience. Go, going to church is not always just about, hey, I got pumped up today. It was a great service, and I left feeling so good. And, man, the preacher was on, and the music was good. It's not always about that. Sometimes it's about having an encounter with God that we say, God, thank you, thank you for being God and showing me this stuff. Do you want God to show you things? Do you, do you, do you pray and say, God, search me, know me, show me those things in me that are hurting my life or hurting my relationship with you or hurting my relationships with others. We, we need input from God. So if we're going to identify these blind spots, that's one thing we need is input from God. But we also need input from other people, and sometimes that's what God uses to help us. You're in the book of Psalms. The next book is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. It's the idea that when you're, you know, planning, whether it's a king, planning a war, or just you planning life, get input from others. That's what uh, the, the workshop that Michael was talking about is about. It's getting information because none of us in this room know everything about everything. None of us. We need input. We need information from other people. And, and we, we need that in life. We need it in relationships so we can grow and get better. Now, in this series, Living Successfully, I said the first key is knowing what success is, defining success. 
And we defined it in terms of relationships with God, relationships with other people, and, and doing something that is significant in life through your work, through your volunteerism, with your energy, with your body. Significance. And then last Sunday, we succeed by taking our strengths and focusing on those, building on those, not, not always focusing on the weakness. You don't succeed by building on weaknesses. You succeed by building on strengths, but you have to manage your weakness. Well, today, that's what I'm talking about because blind spots are a weakness. And we have to learn what they are and manage them because if we don't, blind spots can defeat us. Is that not true? We need God to show us our blind spots. We need other people to help us with those. So how do you discover your blind spots? Let me just say this. Number one, assume that you have them. Okay? Own it. Doesn't matter how old you are, assume you still have some. Because it is a lifelong journey of discovery and change. You don't reach the end point in this until you walk the streets of glory. If you think you have no blind spots, that is your blind spot. It's called arrogance. Own it. Admit you have some. Then learn to listen to listen to God, to listen to people that can be trusted. Don't punish the messenger. Ask people. You know, even your harshest critic and those who really don't have your best interest at heart, because all of us have people like that in our life, right? People, they don't have our best. They're just mean. They're critical all the time. That's just the, But even in those folks, there's sometimes a nugget of truth in what they're saying. Can you hear that? Now, I'm not saying those are the people you go out and seek because all that will do is make you depressed and want to end life. So don't do that. But what do you do? You choose a small number of people in your life that you know love you, that you know care about you, that you know really do have your best interest at heart family member, a good friend, a co-worker with whom you have a great relationship and you trust, a mentor. You choose someone who knows you well and is mature and cares about you, and then you ask that person to share with you what it is about you that annoys them. How's that for a conversation next time you have a social at your house? Let's talk about how we annoy each other. But ask them what, what ask them to share with you. And tell them nothing's off limits. And tell them you're not allowed to, to respond defensively, but to listen and only ask questions for clarification. And listen with an open heart and mind. It can be gut-wrenching. It can also be life-changing as we become more self-aware. And one of the reasons we do it is because the person that we're talking to matters to us. And if there's a blind spot that, that we need to 
deal with that could enhance our relationship with that person because we care about that person. That's motivation for doing it. Husbands and wives, parents and children, sisters and brothers. And, and if we're in those conversations, not defensive, but we're trying to learn People are more free to share on a deeper level. There's a, there's a professor of communications at a university, and uh, for over a decade now, in one of his classes, he's been giving his students an assignment. This is a college professor. And the assignment is for them to <clears throat> invite someone to dinner, just meet someone for dinner. It could be a, a, a friend or a relative, somebody they know really well, a clo- somebody that's close to them, invite them to dinner. And over dinner, say to them what I just said to you. I want you to share with me something about me that annoys you. Nothing's off limits. I won't be defensive. I can't be defensive. I'm just here to listen. If I ask a question, it's just to be for more information. Then they come back and report on it in class. He said he's been doing that for over a decade, and every time he does it, every student that does it learns something valuable about themselves. Now, Every time he does this, he also does the same thing in himself because he's not going to ask his students to do something he doesn't do. So one time, uh, three or four years ago, he gave this assignment to his class, decided to do it himself, and he was driving in the car with his two youngest children, his seven-year-old son and ten-year-old daughter. And so they're in the back seat, and he's driving, and he he asked them, what does Daddy do, what do I do that, uh, that annoys you or that you don't like? And, it, and, and they were a little bit hesitant to speak at first, but he loosened the situation and told them that uh, they, they could say anything they wanted and, and he wanted to hear and et cetera, et cetera. And finally the seven-year-old son spoke up and said, said, well, Dad, it makes me sad when you get mad at me. It makes me feel like you don't love me anymore and it makes me want to go hide in my room. <laughs> how do you, how you like hearing that if you're dad? And then his 10-year-old daughter spoke up and said, I don't like it when you get mad at me either. It hurts me. It makes me cry. And I don't want, I, I don't want to make you mad. The professor said he, he, pulled, they, he pulled over to the side of the road and uh, he took his seat belt off and uh, hugged his kids. And, 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 and they're crying and he, he said, I'm sorry. I didn't re- realize I, I had been yelling at you so much lately. And even though I get frustrated with you at times, I don't want you to think I'm mad at you and I'm going to do better. Now, he, he went on to talk about how in that moment he could have explained why he was frustrated and et cetera, et cetera. But he wanted to teach his kids a real-life lesson about humility and listening. Search me, O oh God. Know me. Show me. Consultation. Input. See, the goal is to understand how others see us, how God sees us. And when we hear from them, it's like looking in a mirror. And rather than seeing, you know, whether the hair is you know, parted straight or the makeup is on right or whatever, where we missed a spot shaving, 
When you look in this mirror, you, you, you see things about behavior, and speech, and attitude. And dealing with those things is one of the keys to living successfully. Do you want that? Are you willing for that to happen in your life? You know what's on the other side of the other side of it? You know, on the other side of going through that? Growth. Healing. Success. Freedom. happiness change grow growing in, in, in the fruit of the spirit the becoming more Christ-like As we sing this hymn of invitation, you're invited to pray here at the altar about your life and your relationships, about your walk with God, about your growth, your blind spots, or whatever else God has put on your heart and said to your mind this morning. Jamie and Steve are here. If you would like to join First Baptist Church, we invite you to come say to one of these pastors, I want to become a part of this church. I want to be a member of this church and serve the Lord here and grow here. If you need to request baptism, come and say to one of these, I, I need to be baptized. And most importantly, if you need to give your life to Jesus Christ because you've never done that, let today be the day you do that, that you give your life to Christ. Come to one of these pastors and tell them that you want to come up, become a Christian and a follower of Christ. So come and pray. Come and make a decision. Let's sing together. Make your way to the altar right now as we sing this beautiful.